0: This is episode 03, The Sleek Geek Belief System, part two. Welcome to the Sleek Geek Health Revolution podcast. My name is Eric Charles and I am here with Ilan Lohman to help you discover how you can build healthy habits and live a better life. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now, let's get to it.
1: Hi, Sleek Geeks. It is your fearless leader, Ilan, here, and I'm here with Eric. How's it going, Eric? Hey, I'm doing good, man. How are you? Excellent! I'm really excited about this follow up from our previous podcast. Good, um, guys. If you didn't listen to the first podcast, um, we suggest that you do that. Over the two podcasts, we are discussing the Sleek Geek beliefs, and what that is is it is a list of core principles that we believe that you can use to change your mindset and to live an incredibly healthy lifestyle the Sleek Geek way. Eric and I both discussed 13 of those beliefs in the previous podcast and today we're going to deal with the last 14. The whole idea is that we're going to get feedback from the community and we are going to narrow this down into a smaller list that we'll publish, which will be the definitive list of Sleeky Beliefs. So Eric, I believe I'm up first. Yes, you are. um, With mine and then we'll cross over to you. So... The first belief um, that I'm going to talk about today, and this is a central principle to the community concept of Sleek Geek, is you are who you have coffee with. You can also express this as you are who you surround yourself with. And you know, the people who surround you shape your life. Mm. And, you know, you, I've often heard that quote where they say that you are the result or the, you know, if you divide the, the five people that you associate with most you kind of are like most like them. Exactly. you the average of the five people. You're like the them. average, exactly. Yeah. So for example, if your five best friends all smoke marijuana, it's likely that you might smoke marijuana. Not certainly, but it is. So if your five best friends are all living a healthy lifestyle, mm. um, getting active, eating healthily, chances are that you might as well. So yeah. community and who you surround yourself with and the environment that you create with people around you and the influences that you have in your life are extremely powerful. My I like that. And there's many different
0: ways that you can surround yourself with those kind of people, right? Like, Absolutely. yes, it may be your best friend, but it may be the people you spend the most time with or it may be the, the people you give the most energy to. You know, you sure. can spend a lot of time with someone like a co-worker where you're forced to, yes, but you don't have to dedicate a lot of time and energy to them. You can then take that and you can go seek out positive people whether it is online yeah. like in the Sleeky community or the, you go into a park run or a race or a hiking club yes. um, to even honestly even listening to a podcast like this one sure. you are spending time with people like us who prioritize health and fitness absolutely. reading books you, you're getting ideas from people who you want to
1: be like absolutely I mean you know your mentors like you said the people that you follow on social media they are the people that you surround yourself with so Mm. it can be physical real people in your life it can be people in online communities who you might not have met in person and it can just be your gurus and your mentors yeah but these are the influences these are kind of let's say the inputs Mm. that you're getting into your life yeah you know and great inputs are going to probably result in greater exactly i i I love that concept you know good input good inputs and means good
0: Good, good ideas, ideas in means good, good ideas, ideas out. Good ideas yes. And it, it, it makes yeah. one heck of a difference. So
1: you are who you surround yourself with. So, you know, if you are constantly hanging around with people who are engaging in a lifestyle that you feel is not for you, mm. it's something you might want to look at. And, you know, there's no judgment here, but I watched a TED Talk that was very interesting where they, they used data and research to illustrate that if people close to you are overweight or obese, there's actually a higher statistical likelihood that you might be overweight or obese. Absolutely. and I mean, there's, are, there's probably some, some,
0: there's some normal behaviors for that group. You know, there's,
1: exactly everyone
0: else around me is doing this, so it must be normal. But even though, like, yeah. Just...
1: Exactly. You... And I mean, once again, without judgment, when you see a family in the mall and everyone in the family is overweight, it's not just about, oh, there's bad genes in the family. Mm. It's about what are the norms in that household? Yeah, you know, and and so those are, are the kind of things. So that's the point that I want to make: is be careful who you surround yourself with, and when you're on a journey um, to health, try and surround yourself with people who are going to support um, that rather than
0: you know make it harder for you. Absolutely, and, and reach out to people. Like, don't be afraid. I mean, I that was the, the one of the biggest reasons why I got so involved and so passionate about Sleekick in the beginning is because I saw a place, I saw an opportunity to spend more time and to immerse myself with like-minded people who are talking about health and fitness all day long. So even with the community like Sleeky, the more you put in, the more you get out. Absolutely. Let's go to your first point for today. So my first point, which is number 15 in our entire list, is that progress requires practice. You know, if you want to get better, you need to actually practice over and over and over again. Now, many people just wish they could Be better at eating healthy, be better at managing their emotions around food, be better at saying no to things, be better at going to sleep on time, be more consistent with their workouts. But it's not something you can wish or plan for overnight. It's something you actually got to do and practice and fail at and learn and get better at over and over and over again. It's kind of like learning to play a musical instrument. You're going to suck so badly in the beginning but with uh, regular practice, with consistent practice, with uh, strategic and meaningful practice, you will get better. So don't be afraid to actually just do, even though you know you're not good at it. Like mm-hmm. if you've never done a gym workout before, but you want to become a gym goer, don't try and become the best gym goer overnight. Just be okay with the fact that your first, like your first gym session, your first rep is gonna suck. Like the first time you do something is gonna suck. The second time, it'll suck too, but maybe a little bit less. You're, the, like the, the hundredth time when you go to gym is going to be a lot better
1: than the first time you go to gym. You Absolutely. just do get better at it. But it requires practice. Absolutely. And I mean, I love the way that this applies to health because I think a lot of people, when they start a new diet, for example, when they get given some restrictive diet, mm. they feel like <clears throat> if they can't last a few days, yeah. that they can't do this. Uh. It's not for them. And what they don't realize is that living a healthy lifestyle also just takes practice. You know, knowing how to select the right foods, knowing how to control your portions, knowing how to order off a restaurant menu, Mm. knowing how to navigate a weekend is about practicing doing that and getting Mm. better at it over time. It gets easier, right? Like in the beginning, it might feel like, oh my word, everything just
0: takes so much effort. Everything is so hard. How can I possibly expect myself to sustain this for the rest of my life mm. but what they don't realize is it gets easier like this, it literally becomes a habit that is why we're such a big fan of habits at Sleeky rather than diets or plans because mm. you're looking for things that are doable repeatable scalable and things that become habitual and automatic absolutely absolutely
1: So that's it for me what's your next one Elon? okay so this is really powerful and I love this one And the statement of the belief is you are who you think you are. Now, at the end of the day, a lot of this journey is about identity. And I believe that in order to make a real powerful change in your life that is long-term and sustainable, often Mm. it requires a shift in an identity. So, you know, decide the type of person you want to be and then prove that to yourself with actions. Okay. So here's an example. Like... know we get archetypes of people we know oh you know that's the fit and healthy person you know that's the 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 gamer marijuana smoker yeah you know that's the you know the there's different types of people and archetypes and we think of ourselves as different types of people as well exactly and you know when i started this journey eight years ago i was the overworked overweight workaholic corporate workaholic
0: Mm. that was my
1: identity yeah if you told me then if you went and said you know what one day you're going to be the leader of a health community and you're going to be sponsored by adidas and you know people are going to you know look up to you in in the area of health and fitness mm. i would have thought it was a joke i was yeah. like Where, where's the cameras you know are you kidding me mm. and the point is is that this whole journey of the last eight years has been a total identity shift yeah whereas now you know and for a long time I've considered myself to be a fit and healthy person. Yeah. And that's how I see myself. And same with, with you and your journey. Absolutely, yeah. And so I definitely think that people have major limiting beliefs that, you know, we often hear, if you, if you think back to your life, you know, you're listening to this podcast right now, think about to any point in your life where you make the statement like, I'm not the kind of person who. Yeah. And complete that sentence. Um, you know, I'm not the kind of person who can talk to girls. I'm not the kind of person who can approach strangers. I'm not the kind of person who can stick to a diet. I'm not the kind of person who can go to the gym regularly. I'm not the kind of person who, you know, all of these limiting things. So you mm. basically, you need to decide, you know, what is the kind of person that you want to be? Yeah. And what are the actions going to be to get there and to start taking those actions?
0: Your your identity can kind of box you in a bit sometimes, right? Yeah. Or it can set you like free. A glass like, ceiling. But very often, like, you know, we, we put these labels on ourselves or other people put them, put them on us for us. Yes. But they, they box us in, you know, they they, they they tell you what kind of person you are and what kind of person you expect you to be. And I, I know with my clients, one of the biggest things they struggle with is how can I change that? Like, how can I actually create a new identity for myself? And to me, what you said is you first you've got to decide the type of person that you want to be, and then you've actually got to prove it to yourself every single day. Yes. Like, the way I like to explain it is every single day you get to vote with your actions for what kind of person you want to be. Yes. Every single day you wake up and you can vote. Are you the kind of person who gets out of bed every morning when your alarm goes off? Or are you the kind of person who hits a snooze? Yeah. Tomorrow yeah. you can decide. Tomorrow you can, you can literally decide to change overnight. Now it will take time to solidify that identity. Yes. But overnight you can decide to become a new person. You can decide to start becoming a new person. Simply by changing your actions, absolutely, you can decide to become a gym goer tomorrow by going to the gym tomorrow. You yep. can decide to eat healthy to, to be a healthy eater tomorrow by eating healthy tomorrow.
1: And changing those beliefs, and you just prove it to yourself every single day, over and over again. Exactly. I mean, I love that. Like, I like breaking down to units. Like, if you're someone who can go to the gym once, yes, you are someone who can go to the gym a thousand times. Exactly. You know, you've proven you can do you've it. Proven that you can do it, and it will get easier absolutely so yes yeah, so that was the point that i wanted to make is nice. the power of be careful what you say about yourself and yes. what you think about yourself yes
0: absolutely Cool. So the next one for me is the debate doesn't matter and this may sound complicated or unintuitive but let me explain it so the main thing is the debate doesn't matter all that matters is the end results so what this means is that you may in your head have these reasons or justifications or excuses about why you can't do something. And they are very valid. Like I'm not trying to trick you. Like if you think that healthy eating is expensive or if you think you don't have enough time or enough energy or you live in the wrong city or you have the wrong partner, whatever your reasons are for not being able to do something, that's fine. They're most, they're, they're most likely is at least a, a small grain of truth in them. But now what? Like, you, like, let's say you convince yourself that you don't have enough time to go to the gym today. That's the debate. The debate is you don't have enough time to, get to go to the gym today. Okay, you win the debate. Congratulations. What do you win? You don't win anything because you didn't go to the gym. So what you need to understand is that while your excuses may be valid, they may be real true, um, absolute truth kind of excuses, but so are the consequences. The consequences of those excuses are just as valid. If you use healthy food as too expensive as your excuse, then you're gonna suffer the consequences. Or you can find a way to make healthy eating cheap. You can find a way to see how you can save money. You can find a way to find healthy options. You can find a way to get a workout in your day even if it's only 15 minutes at home before you jump in the bed. Like, if you let your excuses win, then the the consequences are going to be just as real. So just remember, the the debate doesn't matter. All that matters is the end result. If you really want to make progress, then you need to focus on the end result and find a way to get past your excuses, no matter how valid they are.
1: Yep, absolutely. I mean... You will find a way if it really matters to you. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, so absolutely, you know, like, you know, we often say you become your excuses. Mm. Like, you know, it's, it's a similar kind of idea. Um, I really like that one that, you know, at, so what? Like now you've got to deal with the consequences.
0: Exactly. I mean, just, I suppose a good analogy for me is, which I've used in the blog post before. I live in Cape Town here by the sea. Um, the water is really cold. So I am not a surfer. Like, I don't like going in the water, it's cold, uh, it's salty, it makes my skin dry. Mm. Um, It's not something I like. But now, let's say my job or my livelihood required me to be a surfer. Just as an example, like, I would then find a way. Like, okay, the water's cold, so what? I'm going to get it anyways because it's important to me that I become a surfer. Mm. I I don't know if that makes sense. Like, you know, there there is a, a real consequence attached to it. So I can then choose, am I willing to say, okay, the water's too cold, so therefore I'm not going to have a job, if my job was to be a
1: surfer, as an example. Absolutely. I like that example. So I'll move on to my point now. Mm. And, you know, that's that there's no failure, there's only lessons. Okay. And I really love this one because I think that we have too much of a script in society around people making mistakes, around people failing... And often I think failure is, you know, it's taught to us that it's a bad thing. Mm. Um, And we do everything in our power not to fail. But, you know, there are some gurus out there that say get excited about failing. Yeah. And the whole reason for that is in life, if you look back on life, I'm sure that you can agree that a lot of things that you viewed as failures have taught you something. They've been lessons. The whole idea around making a mistake or having a setback is that you learn something from it. Right. Obviously it's not helpful if you keep making the same mistake over and over and over again. Um you'll often hear people, you know, if they keep enforcing reinforcing the same patterns in their life, you will say, well, you haven't you haven't taken the lesson yet. Yes. And so I think this is really important because I think a lot of people give up during their journey or the pursuit of their goals when they make mistakes or when they fail because they believe that they're a failure or they believe that they can't do it. But if you have a mindset of this is just a minor setback and I'm going to learn something from it, then you're more likely to keep up the momentum going forward. You're more likely to have a proactive approach to finding solutions. So for example, if you tried a new diet style, like the latest fashionable diet style, you tried it, and it wasn't for you, mm. you know. Then I wouldn't say that that was a waste of time or a failure. It just means that that wasn't for you. Now you know what doesn't work. Exactly. So you know. Let's say, for example, you decide you're going to become a vegan. Yeah. And you fail dismally at it, because you know you just you you love eating meat. Mm. Now that doesn't mean you're a failure. It means you've learned something. It learns that being a vegan is not for you. And even if it's not for you, there may still sort have of been lessons that you learned. From
0: doing it, you might eat more vegetables. Exactly for me, like I've tried over the years, I've tried many different diets um, just out of interest. You know, from following a bodybuilding kind of style diet where you're eating a set rigid map, uh, meal plan like every nine hours. Uh, I learned that it's good to have a plan. It's good to have food pre prepared. Like I learned that it wasn't for me, but I now know that it's helpful to have meals planned ahead and prepared. Uh, when I tried paleo. I found that it's really important to get back to eating real food. Yep. Eat less junk food. I still I'm not one hundred percent paleo. I don't I don't uh, like the very all or nothing approach to it. But there were lessons I learned. Sure. Banting and and keto. Okay, maybe I don't need to eat as many carbs as the average person. Maybe Absolutely. it's okay to eat a little bit less carbs.
1: Absolutely. Like when a relationship breaks up, you know, as painful and as hard as it is, mm. as much as you might have thought that it was a failure, it just means you learn something about the type of person who you're meant to be with. Exactly. Or you learn something about the type of relationship that you're meant to be in. Mm. And what I love about this concept is it takes away, I think we let ourselves off the hook yeah. in life. Like, you know, if we feel that we failed, it, it's almost okay for us to say, okay, well, I tried. Yes. I tried and I failed. Yeah. You know, as a common expression. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I tried and I failed. But, you know, that almost allows you to give up. Yeah. And so I rather would prefer that people in our community say, you know what, I tried that, didn't work for me, but I learned this, and these are the learnings I'm going to take into my next, you know, the next thing I'm going to try. I have Absolutely. The next method or yeah, the next approach. It's almost like they're, they're almost
0: is no such thing as failure. You, you, it's literally just a lesson and the only true failure is if you don't actually... If you quit. If you, don't, if you quit or if you don't learn from it. If you don't it. learn from
1: it. Yeah. That is also, I agree. Like, you know, you've got, to, you've got to be open-minded to take the learnings and approach these things with your eyes open. So that was that point. Um, and then, you know, let's lead into your next one, Eric.
0: Actually works quite well with this. We didn't, we didn't plan these to be in a specific order, but it works quite well. Um, there's always a solution. You know, no matter what problem that you're having, you have to believe that there's a, there's a solution. If, you, if you're struggling to, to be consistent with going to gym or eating healthy or going getting enough sleep, you have to believe that there's a solution. And the reason being is that when you believe there's a solution out there for you to find, you will look for it. You will uh, speak to experts. You will do research. You will look from different perspectives. You will try different things. You, you will just you'll keep going. Like you will be open to finding a solution, but if you just believe that uh, it's impossible for me to go to gym consistently, I just can't get enough sleep, um, whatever it is, then you don't really ever try. You don't. You don't. You're not open. You're not receptive to finding possible solutions, and it, it doesn't make for a very optimistic life if Absolutely. you if you're constantly doubting yourself and you don't think there there's a solution for things. So. I really believe it's important to be solution orientated and just have this absolute belief that you just haven't found the right solution yet, but you will soon if you keep trying.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it ties back to the point you made in the previous podcast about having a growth versus a fixed mindset. Exactly. You know, having a growth mindset, you're more solutions orientated. Yes. I mean, one of my gurus, Tony Robbins, I love one of the expressions that he uses where he says, we don't lack resources, we lack resourcefulness. Mm, yeah. And... So, you know, there's a world of information out there. It's about people who are resourceful. I like that. And so I definitely, you know, I love this fact that if you always believe there's a solution to every problem, you are going to have a much more optimistic, um, proactive, can-do approach to life. And I think that's very powerful. And it's, it's empowering. I agree because, you
0: know, I, th- I think it's really hard to do something if you don't believe there's a point to it. Sure. You know, If you just if you don't believe that your efforts will be rewarded, then they become so much harder to do. Like if you go into gym and you're working hard and you're like, I know this workout is going to help me build muscle. I know it's going to help me lose fat. I know it's going to help me look better. Then it's a lot easier to give it your all. Sure. But if you're like, uh, I don't think this is the right workout for me. Much of it's effective,
1: then you know, you're not gonna try as hard and you won't get as good results. Well, I mean this one's quite personal to me because you know, for those of you that are listening that don't know or haven't seen my whole journey over the last couple of years, I went through a phase where I put back on a bit of weight and then I really struggled for about two to three years to lose that weight again. And I I felt like I was trying or had tried everything. And I turned over every stone, looking at my gut health, looking at like everything under the sun and I eventually found my solutions. But the point is, is that in those two to three years, there were hundreds of times where I just wanted to give in. I just wanted to give up. I just wanted to quit. I felt helpless. I felt Mm. like there was no point, but something inside me kept just telling me push on because somebody has to have the answers. The Answers are out there. It turns out the answers were fairly simple in the end, but the point is is that I never lost hope. Um, even as much as, much as some days it felt like I was going to, I just never lost this hope that there was an answer and there you was just kept a solution. going. Yeah, and you know, so I'm so grateful for that. So I think it's a great point. Cool. Next one's for you, yeah. Um, you know. It leads on to a point that I was making earlier about, you know, there being no failure and only lessons. So this one is that quitting is not an option. And so, you know, what I really want to say here is that when you quit on your health or when you quit on your health journey, you're actually quitting on yourself. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: it makes me really sad when I see someone on social media saying oh you know they're giving up they couldn't do this diet whatever it might be and it makes me sad because you know i think we do this exercise with our coaching clients where we try and help them find their true why their true reason mm. and we try and help them identify what's really at stake for them on this journey and they start off thinking oh you know i just wanted to lose 20 kilograms yeah but when we when we really do dig deeper with them we find out that it's not about the 20 kilograms it's about the fact that they're trying to be an example to their children they're trying to have more confidence they're trying to build some self-respect for themselves they're trying to be more attractive to their partner and so the reasons are so much more deeper and so when someone says they're going to give up on a diet or quit their journey or whatever it is it saddens me because I know that they, they're not just giving up on losing those 10 kilograms those yeah. 20 kilograms they're giving up on a dream that they have for themselves exactly they're, they're, giving, up, the they're yeah. giving up on this vision that they have for their life Yeah. and you know to me that is like sad and, and I want to do everything I can
0: so for those it. who want to do that exercise you simply it's called the five whys where you start off and say why do you want to change you know why are you trying to lose weight why are you trying to go to the gym and you have an answer okay you want to summer's coming you'll look better on the beach or you just want to lose five kilograms you want to be able to run you want to have more energy whatever it is get that answer and then say why is that important five times five times why is that important and why does that matter and, and why why do you want that and eventually you'll get to a, a very deep and profound uh, meaning and that there is what is at stake if you quit so that's why quitting is not an option it is
1: not an option guys <laughs>
0: And you can go into your next point there eric all right so we came from quitting but now we're going back to the beginning again and this is a belief that getting started is the most important part and the reason i i believe this and why you should too is that you can learn and plan and wait for the right time but if you don't actually start then it's all a complete waste like getting started is the most important part if you don't get started you won't ever make progress, you won't ever get the results you want and very often, getting started is actually one of the best ways to learn. Yes. Like, sure, you can read books, you can get advice, you can nod your head and agree with the smart things that smart people are saying but until you actually get out there and do it yourself, uh, you'll never fully understand and I think a good way to think about this is to compare all the things you learnt in school to how much, to what it looked like in real life or the, the, those people who go to university or university you know the three or four year degrees you did you learn so much powerful stuff but then it, it didn't it doesn't stand a drop in the ocean compared to the knowledge that first-hand experience gives you from actually doing whatever you study to do absolutely so uh honestly getting started is the most important part you have to get started you have to actually do it you have to learn for yourself firsthand hand. To get the results
1: absolutely i mean for me this is also like one of my great tools that i use to fight procrastination mm. you know if i've got to, to put together a, a presentation for somebody yeah for a company or whatever it might be like i find the hardest part is just opening up powerpoint yeah and saying you know opening up a fresh slide yeah you know sometimes going for a run the hardest part is just putting on your shoes and getting out the door yeah but you know this also reminds me of a topic that you spoke about at one uh, Sleek dinner about being in motion versus being in action. Mm. And, you know, your whole idea was a lot of people are in motion rather than action. But
0: they're kind of like a hamster on a treadmill. Yeah.
1: So it's that kind of like the analogy is, and people listening to this, some of you will identify with this. It'll be like spending weeks and weeks and weeks researching what the perfect diet is when you're better off just adding a salad to your lunch. Yeah. What if you actually you know? just started? You know, actually, exactly. what if you just actually ate a healthy meal yeah. rather than wondering for weeks and tying yourself up in knots is banting better than intermittent fasting is better than paleo is better mm. than veganism and you end up doing nothing when all you needed to do was start eating a healthier meal or start doing an exercise uh, and, and the secret workout. to this
0: is often just making it really easy to get started like you don't mm-hmm. have to be perfect like just like what can you do for five minutes to get started how can you Eat better in five minutes. How can you do a five-minute workout? How can you uh, go to bed five minutes earlier? Just get started and then go from there. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's all I have to say. I I guess it kind of ties into that Bruce Fordyce analogy you did. Where, you know, he he knew that, oh, he really doesn't want to run, but he just needs to go to the first lamppost, and from there he can decide. And, And it's just that small goal made it easier for him to get started and you once he got started yeah. the rest
1: would be easy get some momentum okay so I'm into the, my next point consistency beats perfection I really love this one because I think that too many people are thinking that in order to be successful they have to be perfect mm. and I think that a lot of people when they see successful people when they see people's transformations in the community when they see any of their role models they tell themselves the story yeah. that those people are perfect. Yeah. And you know, the big news flash is that nobody is perfect. You know, your gurus that you look up to, like you know, I love The Rock, mm. Dwayne Johnson. Mm. You know, yeah. he gets up at four a.m. Yeah. and he trains every morning. You know, I'm sure Dwayne has skipped a day. Absolutely. Workout. Yeah. I'm sure Dwayne has slept in one day. I'm sure. Maybe Dwayne, one day. <laughs> I'm sure Dwayne has missed his his calorie macros. One day, you know, like, I mean, you look at these people Mm. and you just think that they're perfect. Yeah. But they're not. And so why I love this is, first of all, we're going to let ourselves off the hook that we don't have to be perfect. So let's just start with that. But, you know, I believe that doing things mostly right, Mm. consistently, always wins in the long term.
0: Yeah.
1: And, you know, perfection is the enemy of progress. Because at the end of the day, nobody can be perfect in the long term. Yeah. So if you take that as an assumption that nobody can be perfect ongoing, then it stands to reason logically that at some point you are going to stop being able to be perfect. Yeah. So what I think is you should lower your expectations slightly and you should allow yourself a little bit of space mm for not being perfect yeah. and, and actually tolerate that and understand, you know what? I'm going to do things 80% right because I can do things 80% right for the rest of the year. Exactly. I can't do things 100% right for the rest you of can't. the year. Can't, yeah. you know, I mean, at Sleek Geek, we sometimes talk about a 90-10. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about an 80-20. So let's just start with the assumption that you can't be 100%. Yeah. So now what I try and do is I go through phases during the year. Mm. There are some times where I am actually almost 90% because I'm I'm pushing on shorter-term goals.
0: Yeah, like doing the eight-week challenge, for example. Exactly,
1: but I find 80% for me is a comfortable kind of place where I can still um, enjoy certain things in life. I can still have certain liberties. Yeah. I can still not feel restricted, Mm. but I can maintain my results and and live a healthy lifestyle.
0: Mm. And then
1: there are some times in my life where I don't drop the ball but I maybe hover closer to 75, yeah. maybe 70%. Yeah. But for me, that's a threshold. Yeah. So in the same way that I know I can't be a hundred percent all the time, like I don't ever allow myself to go under 75%. Yeah. And, I then, agree. and then when I'm there, I'm like, whoa, maybe I need to go a little bit back up. But the whole point is that consistency always wins. It does. And you can only consistently do things not 100%. It's kind of
0: like the, the tortoise and the hare kind of race, you know? Like, yeah. the slow and steady,
1: The you know, the... Well, there's that saying that, you know, it says go slow to go fast. Mm, you yeah. know, sometimes, sometimes doing something, sometimes doing a work task more yeah. slowly and methodically means you only have to do it once. Yeah. Whereas, you know, someone who goes really fast mm. but messes something up and then has to go and redo it, they end up finishing after. And, you yeah. know, you know, I
0: find that, People who are consistent, I've got a lot of respect for them because it's easy to follow like the perfect plan perfectly when life is going really well. And that's what most people do. You know, when when life is going well or when they're highly motivated, that's when they start their plan. New Year's. Exactly. Not much work. And, you know, anyone could do that. But it's the people who who find a way to do things they need to do, even though life is messy, life is busy, they're tired, they're um, short on time. And they accept that they don't need to do things perfectly. They can just scale it down a little bit sure. and do the best they can.
1: And you've got to also accept that maybe change will be slightly more gradual. Yeah. But it might be more long-term and And you might make progress in other areas. You'll win yeah. in the end. Yeah. You know, you know, maybe you'll win in the two years or the five years. Yeah. But you might not win in the six weeks. Absolutely. So, so yeah. So that's basically the point that I wanted to make is you don't have to be perfect. And consistency always beats perfection. And trying to be perfect is really the enemy of progress. Yeah. right,
0: Eric. The next one for me is, I believe you need to focus on the big wins. Now, a lot of people will obsess over minor details. You know, how many carbohydrates are in a banana versus an apple? And is that what is holding you back on your weight loss journey, for an example? Uh, but I, I really believe that you need to spend time focusing on the big questions and the big ones The ones that will, you know, the the 20% of your actions, that will get you 80% of the results. You know, I'll give you an example. Uh, People have gotten into great shape in their life uh, by doing a variety of different exercises. You know, whether there's people who are in fantastic shape from doing running, from doing weightlifting, from doing yoga, from doing dancing, from doing Tai Chi, like it doesn't really matter. The main thing there is that they are active they are moving their bodies and they're doing it consistently and that is a big one the big one is are you an active person if you want to look like an athlete are you actually physically active or are you very sedentary and doesn't matter what what your shape of exercise is are you actually moving your body same with when it comes to healthy eating yes there's paleo and dancing and fasting and vegan and it all and they all have their own little unique benefits but there's certain common denominators that each have. You know, they all focus on minimally processed foods. They normally a big emphasis on lots of vegetables and plants, that mm. kind of thing. Like, look for those big, big, big wins yes. that'll get you most of the results and focus on those. Going to getting enough sleep, like, yes, there's sleep hacks and, and things like that you can do. But the number one thing that's going to improve your sleep is getting your butt into bed. At the right time you know not being on netflix or on social media too late so focus on the big wins, the things that you can do consistently to get you the most results
1: absolutely and you know there's there's quite a cool expression called you know they say don't major in the minors yes and i think that encapsulates very much what you're saying is i've seen it time and time again in this health space with consumers on social media
0: Mm.
1: where people debate um all the things that make very little difference yeah and they they're not getting what we would call the fundamentals right yeah Yeah. so so like you said i mean people debating you know should i do seven reps or eight reps yeah versus you know and then they're not even getting to the gym regularly yeah you know like it doesn't matter if you do seven or eight reps what really matters is that you get to the gym regularly absolutely you know or should i be taking this supplement should this pre-workout yeah this, you know, should I eat my meal five minutes after my workout or five minutes before my workout? And debating these things when they are overeating constantly.
0: Yes. Um, eating know, junk or, food on the weekend. Eating junk food
1: at night watching television.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, it's, it's, the it's kind wow. of like
1: bang for your buck. Yes. It's kind of like what can you get the most return for the least effort, I guess.
0: Yeah, because also, you know, your life doesn't need to be consumed by health and fitness, you know. Like sure. to me... Very often, health and fitness is a means to an end. Yes. Like, you know, it's, it's there to give you more energy to play with your kids. It's there to help you look better, to be more confident. Yes. So rather, like, do the few things that get to the biggest results and then take your energy and your time and spend it on other things in life that really matter. Spend it with your loved ones. Sure. Spend it on your hobbies. Spend it on your work. Absolutely. Um, and the, I mean,
1: you can even apply this to nutrition, for example. Yeah. Like, for example, you know, we've often said to people um, that we work with as clients. So yeah. If you, if you have one or two bad habits mm. and we can address those, yeah. that can have a massive result for you. That's a you know, good point. So, so let's say someone comes to us and they say, you know what, I really want to lose weight and we have an interview with them. It's not about, you don't have to suddenly eat grilled chicken and broccoli yeah. um, day in and day out. It might just be that maybe you've got to st- stop drinking two liters of Coke a day. Yeah. You know, it might just be that you got to stop every night having a slab of chocolate with your your nightly series
0: yeah just one like extra little thing it, it i could found have a very, impact i found sleep is a very very common one for people you know a big limiting factor where they they're constantly struggling with cravings all day long they're too tired to go to the gym and they have no energy to work out and if they like rather than overhauling their whole diet and going and buying the perfect workout plan if they just got one or two hours of more sleep each night yeah. suddenly half of their problems would go away. Absolutely. Just from that tiny little tweak. So that, that's exactly like focus on the big ones that are going to get the, best, the biggest results for the least amount of time and effort.
1: Absolutely. And I think we're definitely going to have to do a whole episode dedicated to sleep because I really don't think uh, people realize how being um, tired affects their eating habits Yeah. and snacking and poor choices. Absolutely. So we'll definitely, we'll definitely do that in another episode. So I think that's a very powerful point. Mm. Thank you. Um, so that brings me on to my next point, And that is that an all or nothing approach often results in nothing. Mm. Okay. So what this is about, and I'm sure most people are going to nod their heads. I would say nearly everybody that I come across as coaching clients, if, most people are all or nothing. Yeah. You know, most people have an all or nothing approach to most aspects of their life.
0: It's like opposite of being consistent, It's right? black and white. Yeah.
1: It's kind of like I'm all in. Yeah. Or I'm not doing it at all.
0: Yeah, what's and, the point? And yeah. you know, that,
1: that's, that's pretty much the whole idea of diet culture. Yeah. You know, I'm either on it or I'm off it. Mm. So that's what you find is someone's on a diet, they're trying, they're working hard, stop the diet, and they literally go back to doing everything, you know, wrong again. Yeah, there's not, it's not like one notch down, it's
0: like 10 notches
1: down. Exactly exactly I've finished the 8 week challenge now I've starved myself the last 8 weeks and now I'm just going to go back to eating takeaways every there's night there's
0: no in between you know, there's no moderation black or, or white compromise. all or nothing yeah. and
1: a lot of people you're nodding know, your heads right now I can I can see it a lot of people live a very black and white all or nothing life yeah they want they want to you know another, another symptom of this is people wanting to change everything mm. in one go yeah you know like on Monday I'm going to start journaling every morning I'm going to start meditating for 10 minutes I'm going to only, like, you know, eat these vegetables. Yeah. I'm going to drink three liters of water a day. And in the evening, I'm going to, you know, and they, they basically, they set themselves up for failure because mm. they have this massive big bang, all or nothing approach. I and
0: mean, then they find when they can't do it yeah. all, they stop it all. It's like, what's the point? If I can't, if I can't do this perfectly, then what is the point? If, I, if, like, if I'm following, I'm doing the 8 week challenge, I'm following a, um, I've got a nice plan for myself laid out and suddenly a family dinner pops up and you can't get out of it and like well I can't eat my planned healthy meal yeah. so now I'm just going to go all in I'm going to eat whatever I want I'm going to indulge the whole weekend and then I'm going to start again on Monday like or you could go okay I've got a family dinner tonight it's not ideal but I know I can focus on eating mostly protein and vegetables I can skip the booze and just have some water and save some calories there. And I can just make sure that I eat slowly and mindfully and stop before I'm 100% full and then get right back on track the next day. That is the the difference between being all or nothing and what we always call always something.
1: Yeah. Or alternatively, you can say, you know what, I'm going to write tonight off. I'm going to do it. But tomorrow I'm back to my plan. You know? Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So so all these topics tie into each other because this all or nothing theme talks once again about not having to be perfect yeah. and like I talked about consistency, I would say that to me, if we go on that premise that people can't be perfect, if you go on the premise that people can't be 100% all the time, yeah, you, you can never operate, even like in your work life, you can never operate at maximum capacity mm. for long. Yeah. So if that is the premise and if you're saying you only know how to be all or nothing, yeah. you're often going to result yeah, in nothing. So I'm saying have an always something approach. Mm. So when you can't be perfect, when you can't get it right 100%, always be doing something. How can you always make something slightly better? Yeah. You know, even if you go <clears> out <throat> for takeaways, how can you make this meal slightly better? Maybe you got the small chips instead of the extra large chips. Mm-hmm. Maybe you left off one piece of the bun. Maybe you didn't supersize it. Mm. You know, Maybe when you went out for breakfast, you had one rasher instead of two rations of bacon. You know, All these things count.
0: You know, in the coaching program, we use something called adjust the dial, which you you can literally imagine like a dial on your radio that turns the volume up and down or a dial on your oven that turns the heat up and down. And maybe, you know, you literally adjust the dial up and down based on how life is going. Life is going well, you turn it up, life is going down, you turn it down a notch or two. But you're always looking, it's not all or nothing. You're looking to see how you can adjust the dial slightly. Absolutely. So let's get on to yours. We've got three more to go. Yes, and we're doing good for time. So this is, I love this one, and it's called Your Schedule Doesn't Lie. And Robin Sharma, in fact, put me onto this, and he had this concept where he said, show me your schedule, and I'll show you your priorities. And this is so true. The things that you put in your schedule are your priorities. If it's important, you will find a way to make that happen. You know, I think in the previous podcast, we spoke about Maybe you have like a work appointment or a meeting. It's in your diary and it's non-negotiable. It happens. You're planning it. Even if you're not feeling motivated, you still do it. So it's in your diary. You're planning it. You're making sure that it happens. If you are struggling, a a very common thing with clients is they will say, oh, I forgot. Like I'm struggling to remember to eat slowly. Or I'm struggling to remember to drink enough water. Or I forgot to have protein with my meals. And the easiest way to solve that is just, put it in put a reminder put it in your schedule like okay it's three o'clock your your calendar gives you a notification saying hey it's time to eat remember to to add your veggies in there um those things in your schedule are your priorities now if you look at your schedule and literally if you look at your schedule and it's just full of work tasks then that's your priority like those are your non-negotiables but what about your your gym time what about time to prepare meals what time to spend with your kids and your family Um, It's very, very important that you carve out that time in your schedule for your priorities because your schedule doesn't lie. And a way that I can explain this is two of the most common excuses people have when it comes to health and fitness is one, they don't have enough time and two, they don't have enough energy. So that happens during the week. But then when the weekend comes, they got all the time in the world to do what they want and they've got more energy because they can maybe sleep in. But what happens? They don't work out. So even though that problem is solved yeah it still don't work out or well, holiday comes same with the holidays you know all year round oh i'm overworked i'm too tired i have too many priorities holiday comes you've got no responsibilities at all but fitness and eating well isn't a priority on your holiday so therefore it isn't a priority because that was an invalid excuse i love that example so it really like you know i know um when the weekend comes I've got a workout scheduled for Saturday. I've got a workout scheduled for Sunday. These keep me on track. They happen every single weekend, no matter what. Um, Same with holidays. If I go on holiday, you'll see photos of me doing suitcase workouts and resistance band workouts and finding a way to get at least something in because it's a priority so I make sure it happens. Absolutely. It's
1: part of your identity as a fit and healthy person. Exactly. Do you want to go? Yeah. So this one I'll do quite quickly. You become your excuses. Mm. So, you know... Don't get stuck believing your excuses, guys. There's always a way. Now, Eric spoke earlier about your excuses being valid. Yeah. And often they are. And we definitely accept that, you know, most, most times your excuses are true and valid. But you don't want them to become your identity. You don't want them to become that limited factor for you. You know, because if you don't believe that you can, con- that you can transcend those excuses, the chances are that you never will. Can you give an example? Well, let's just say, for example, your excuses that you don't have time to go to the gym to exercise. Yes. Or you don't have the money to join a gym. Okay. Now you could keep telling yourself that for years and years and years, or you could decide to do a fifteen-minute workout at home in your lounge, mm. which is entirely possible yeah so someone who does that has transcended their excuses mm. whereas someone actually lets himself off the hook yeah with the excuse <laughs> but another example for me is you know i've always believed let's say you have a condition a health condition yeah you know you can choose to become your circumstances or your condition mm. or not yeah so for example you know I know a paraplegic mm. who well I don't, I don't know a paraplegic I know someone who's missing a leg yeah um, and has a uh, prosthetic yes and he does triathlons amazing you know I I know another person who has a prosthetic who you know lives a, a, a a very different life right you know one where you know they feel that they've had a lot taken away from them yeah now obviously i have no judgment there i'm just saying these are just two different approaches to life the same same
0: situation just different reactions
1: in the same way i know people who have cancer who are my heroes yeah the way that they the way that they approach it the way they take on life absolutely and i know people who have cancer who are you know living in a script of Mm are me
0: and exactly now
1: obviously you know i say these words with great care because there's no judgment here absolutely i'm really just trying to illustrate that in life um we can decide to either become our excuses or make the most of what we have i like that you know so i always say (laughs) even if you are even if you don't have money yeah even if you don't like always do the best you can with what you have yeah you know if it's frozen vegetables you have to get yes. if it's you know doing five minutes of running on the spot home with the skipping rope mm-hmm. you know just do the best you can with what you have you don't have to have the fancy foods mm-hmm. you don't have to join a swanky gym to be healthy yeah like do the best you can with what you have so it's kind of
0: like what i what i said earlier like you know the debate doesn't matter only the end result like you know Absolutely. you have these certain things that are like these, these reasons that are true yeah but so what like well, what happens now like do you let that stop you from achieving your goals? sure or
1: do you find a way around it but also just the last point that i want to make there, what, what excites me about what we do and what excites me about giving these messages is that i also think it's systemic Like yeah. i'm not putting the blame on on people in a sense that i think we're in a system where people people believe yeah i have to you know for everything they read they believe i've got to buy this fancy coconut oil I've yeah got, i need to buy this to be healthy because that's yeah. what they're being told on social media and that will stop me from achieving it exactly or you know people get told like you know you got to Mm. go to the gym for an hour a day if you want to be fit and healthy yeah and so that is why it's exciting for me to be able to educate people yeah to show them that there are many 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 ways to achieve a fit and healthy lifestyle
0: yes i i I love that i agree completely um you become your excuses so So this is the final one now for you become them yeah the last one And it's really fitting. Ooh, I love this The belief is that health is the real wealth. Because without your health, you have nothing. You know, in life, we have lots of things we chase, whether it's money or goals or aesthetics or relationships or fast cars or whatever it is. But if you don't have your health, then you can't enjoy them. So it doesn't matter how successful you are, how famous you are, how rich you are, whatever it is. If you don't have your health, you can't enjoy it. So your health always needs to come first. It always needs to be the very first thing that you are prioritizing because that is the real wealth. And once you see, once your health is taken away from you, that's when you truly understand. But we don't want you to get to that point where your health is taken away.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we, we've always said, you know, without your health, you have nothing, which I'm actually reading it and I'm thinking maybe maybe we need to revise that sentence because mm-hmm. you, don't really, you don't have nothing, but you have less. Well, if you like, have no health at all, you might be dead that's true like <laughs> if you're in a coma or what it, what it might exactly. be it's and quite a, if a, you, a yeah, if you, statement
0: if you can't get out of bed or if you whatever if you you know bed bound then
1: absolutely how much can you enjoy you know absolutely. like but i do definitely agree that like without without your health is your foundation it is uh you know that is like you know without that health um there's no point and this it. this
0: is a true belief like you know we, we've Every single one of these 27 points have been beliefs. You now we've we've made we, we've spent hours going back and forth across them, whittling them down, rephrasing yes. them, making sure that they're actually beliefs and not just like tools or strategies. But I think this one, Health is a real wealth, is like one of the top, top, top beliefs that you can have because it will keep you on track. It'll it'll be like your North Star on this journey. Guiding you to where you need to go.
1: Absolutely, because it talks to values. Exactly. Like when people want to prioritize their values or when they want to think about their values, health has to be right up there. It, does. it has to be right up there with family. It has to be right up there with, with financial health. It'll make
0: everything better. It'll, it'll let you serve people better. It will let you show up in the world better. And it'll just keep you going when, when times are tough.
1: I'm really excited about this list. Me too. I, I think just don't great. know how we're going to like edit it down because I think that they are all very powerful. With 27 on the list and probably more, we could
0: add. I think we've got to get it down to at least say 21. Yeah. Uh, so, one, two, three, four, five, six. We're going to cut six. I'm excited to see what
1: the community is going to think. I mean, we should probably put these on on the Facebook group. Like, yeah, I'm hoping that
0: people are going to leave us a bit of feedback. You know, which, which ones did you absolutely love? Which ones did you not quite get? Maybe we're going to explain them more. Which one them would more? you say
1: in the morning as a mantra in your mirror? Like, which one? Exactly. Are you going to you know what are you are you going to wake up and go let health be your anchor you know the,
0: speaking of that, the one thing i didn't add was repetition you know the power of repetition like this is why we have these beliefs here because we want you to repeat them like a mantra yes. day in
1: and day out to create that belief you know well we did talk about health being a habit and you are what you repeatedly do exactly so you did touch on it but you're right i mean repetition is the repetition is the well i mean repetition talks to you know consistency Yes. we said consistency wins over perfection exactly and consistency is really about repetition yeah so i think what you probably find is when you go through these there are a lot of interlinking similar concepts yeah that they, they, there's like a golden thread that, yes. that kind of holds them all together
0: it does there, there is a lot of common themes between them and it's probably because we've we've started with one concept and we've slowly branched out from there yes um, i like that these aren't haphazard you know like they are different but they're all kind of very similarly related and they're built yeah. on top of each
1: other and for me it's a roadmap for people to live a brilliant healthy sleek life yeah you know like i hate that uh live your best life because it's it's quite overused but <laughs> it's the truth yeah you know you want to help people live optimally you want yeah. them to get the most like i mean when we started sleek Geek, our vision's always been to help people have the best possible life that they can have. Exactly. Using health as their vehicle. Yeah. So I'm really excited and proud about this list. I think it encapsulates our thinking from the last couple of years Mm. really well. Yeah. I wonder if there's any points that people think we should add to the list. I know it's really quite long. We're We're definitely open to that. I would love to
0: hear what you guys have to say about what we should add. Maybe it's something you've heard someone else say before. Maybe it's something you've heard us say before and we've simply forgotten about it. Um, Yeah, please let us know absolutely but yeah i think that's that's time that's it yeah and i think i've enjoyed that we'll see you guys for the next episode sometime soon yeah i look forward to it cheers everyone cheers